Hi, everyone. Welcome to Podcast Unlocked, IGN's top X. Oh, shit, that's not right. What's this thing called again? Thank you. Oh, flash people, isn't it? Flash. Hang on. Uh, oh, okay, right. We hate points. We hat people. Um, all right, okay. Uh, and in three, two, one. Hi, everyone, and welcome to We Hate People, the podcast scheduled for maximum annoyance. This is episode five, recording Sunday, May 17th. I'm your host, Simon Potter, and I have no idea what I'm doing. So with me to share the blame is a man to whom sacrifice, dedication, and honour aren't just words. There are also a lot of letters. David Holloway. Howdy, howdy, and um, particularly if it's satanic sacrifice. Yes. And the others, I don't know what those words mean, but sacrifice appeals to me. Mm. Oh, God. And in the hope of further deflecting listener outrage, we have a mysterious figure from David's past guest in this episode, a man with a richly scintillating history of which I know absolutely nothing, Stuart Black or Blackie. How are you, sir? Uh, Pretty good. And I'll just say thanks for welcoming me aboard. There you go. So should, is this regret it? That's right. And is this so? Blackie and I go back a number of years. Um, I had the pleasure of having Blackie as my guildmaster in in World of Warcraft, and he's the best guildmaster I've ever had. He's only one of two I've ever had, but he's still the best. I'd say um, Mark is going to come along and punch you in the face. Yeah. So for those that listen to Flashpoint, my other guildmaster yeah, currently is Mark, who I love to bits as well. So I'm just taking the piss out of him. But um, yeah, we go back, and I, I had the pleasure of. Uh, also working with Blackie's partner for many years, and that's how I met Blackie, actually. So there you go. And he doesn't have all the dirt on me like uh, Blunty did last episode. That's well, exactly that right. no, no dirt, but... Surprisingly little in that case. Yeah, I know. All right, chaps. Well, what have you been up to this week? Please regale us with uh, tales of daring do's and hearty fellowship and Stuart, since you've only... Really, just finished speaking. I'll drop you in it first. What have you been up to? Um, first off, I must say um, there's probably one other person on earth that calls me by my first name, and it feels <laughs> so unnatural that it's not funny. So please call me Blackie. <laughs> um, oh, that's a perfect reason for me not to not do any such thing. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, I. Um, as you probably heard in the pre-show, I do have a child. You can probably hear in the background now. But I have been kid wrangling. So she's about nine months old and she's just gone to uh, daycare for sort of the first time. And what an absolute cesspool of diseases <laughs> those places are. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So anyway, so in the past week, she's got the flu and cold and all that sort of stuff. And pretty much... Uh, trying to hold the kid down to inject them with some sort of antibiotic, cold and cough medicine and stuff like that. That's worse than a freaking dog. You've got to get them in a headlock, ram this thing up the back of their throat, and then you're rubbing their throat like an animal. Oh, it's just a disaster. They're coughing up. They've got blood and spew all over you. What a nightmare, man. If I hadn't known children were going to be like this, I would never have had one. <laughs> Wouldn't have bought her on eBay. I'll tell you that now. Oh, that's funny. I was about to make some smart code that you don't inject them with the cough medicine. That's where you're going wrong, but I get what you mean. Oh, yeah, mm. yeah. Well, by the time you jam it down the throat, it's pretty much an injection. Yeah. Yeah, so they have it. Oh, God. But anyway, Main so that was a lot of fun. That was something that I never thought I would ever do, but kid wrestling. Why do they get constipated? Yeah, actually, that's one bit of your past I have heard about is that story, which is probably due for another time, but... <laughs> Which we're not going to hear tonight. Oh. No. Yeah. No, we've already had your, your um, detailed descriptions of colostomy bags, which is why I don't make colostomy bag jokes anymore. So yeah. My work here is done. Yeah, yes. maybe not a colostomy bag, but I have, I have discovered that there is an instrument that I never thought would exist, a snot sucker. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Dave could probably give us a technical term oh, for it, but no. it's basically... Tube you stick up a kid's nose to suck the snot out of. See, that's better because I and I, I, true story. I know a mum that lives about two blocks away from me. That when her kids were about your daughter's age, um, she would do it with her mouth. Oh God, that's yeah. So there you go. Oh, that's mm, bad. Close, close, I came to any of this crap is 
replacing the toilet seat. So, well, yeah. That's, that's not it. Well, they're getting easier, aren't they? Did you find it hard to replace? Because they are getting better. Well, the one I got was surprisingly easy because it was cheap, a minimum of uh, parts, whereas the one I was removing, uh, which had been installed incorrectly because people are stupid, uh, seemed to have far more pieces than were, strictly speaking, necessary, and it still broke. It was obviously quite an expensive one, I would say. I, I think I'm going to be much better off with the $20 one I got from Bunnings. Here, much here. So that's that, me. That, up to. that might have been the easy part, but how'd you go with killing all the spiders, all the redbacks? No, no spiders in my bathroom, thank you very much. You don't well, like them much, do you? No. I mean, there's shit stains up the wall, so that's probably a good <laughs> deterrent. Excellent. Um, maybe, what, maybe when you were at Bunnings, you should have bought a gurney as well. So you could have cleaned and, and changed the toilets at the same time. Nah. nah. Too much work. Um, see, now I feel put on the spot. I, I forgot we talked about what we did this week. Um, I, I uh, looked desperately around to join an acapella group, which will make sense later in the show. Um, otherwise, yeah, just the usual work stuff. And I don't think I mentioned I'm currently teaching at the moment one day a week, and I'm, I'm enjoying that a lot. So I, I've, I've got a question. Why do you want to join a group of islands? Oh, acapella goes. Mm. Yeah. Is that not what you said? No, it's all right. That's just my bad pronunciation. The pronunciation. Yeah. Pronunciation. Yes. So, no, not much, but glad to be here, particularly when we're talking about so much poo stuff. Yeah, nothing like a good fart gag. Unfortunately, we don't have any of those. So, well, that was... Um. That snort was about as close as you come to a fart joke. Yeah. Like yeah. So, so those were words. Um, I suppose we should move on to our first topic, such as it is. And I believe you've got something up your sleeve, David. Yeah, so we, we had a listener suggestion, and I apologise profusely. I didn't have a chance to go through Twitter and dig out who it was, but someone said that one thing that they were really annoyed about was the... Uh, whole issue around not being able to buy, uh, can only buy digital books off the Amazon Australia store since Amazon opened locally. And, I th- you know, we sort of agreed we'd widen that beyond that to the issue of how Australian versions of all these multinational digital purveyors of goodness and badness uh, tend to suck compared to the, the other stores. That was yes. it, really? Yes. Um, and my opinion is, yeah, they absolutely do. And the obvious uh, Australian example over recent months is Netflix. As much as I'm loving Netflix and currently binge-watching my way through uh, the thick of it, have either of you guys seen that? Oh, isn't that the uh, Peter Capaldi yeah, show? Yeah, and I can't recommend it highly enough. It's incredibly... Um, the, the language in it's horrific, but very, very funny. Um, yes, if you want to see Doctor Who, the new Doctor Who in a whole different light. Oh, yeah. Watch. It, it is just a brilliant show. But So, I mean, there's lots of stuff on the Australian Netflix, but you've only got to do the numbers comparison. And from memory, it's about, what, 1,100 things on uh, Netflix Australia versus 7,000 plus in the US store. That's, you know, one example. Um, yeah, but Netflix UK and Netflix Canada, as I think we've, we've mentioned this before, were both launched with pretty minimal uh, libraries and we're definitely expecting the, the local version to continue growing month by month. Yeah. They've, they've, it will, and it, it seems to be. It is. Like um, Guardians of the Galaxy hit the store, uh, the Netflix, um, I think it was two weeks ago. So you're just seeing the odd thing pop up and they're letting you know when it does. So that, that's good. And until you've watched all 1,100 things or you know even half of them, it's hard to complain when there's still plenty of other stuff to watch. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you're using an internode or um, double INET user, uh, they're ISPs for people outside of Australia, and it doesn't count against your your bandwidth cap, which we still have here, unfortunately. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot to be said there. Amazon, I, how long have we actually had an Amazon, an Australian Amazon store for, though? 
It's a couple of years, isn't it? Is it, it that long? Yeah, I was, I was going to guess 12 to 18 months. So it doesn't seem that long, but it could be two years easily, yeah. I've been losing track of time lately. But uh, it does, every time I, I log into my Amazon US account, it sort of nags me about, hey, you can go to Amazon.au and sort of sod off. Yeah. Not interested. I, 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 want, I, want, I want my proper Amazon. I don't want yeah, your Amazon Yeah, What are the prices like there? How do they compare to overseas? Like, you know how with the software problem that Australia has with yeah. software, like so double in price, what are the... Uh, what are the book prices like compared to to America? Are they twice as expensive in the Australian store? Or, and what happens when you buy a digital book? Is it automatically priced Australia-wise for you? Or do you buy the American price, which is more than likely cheaper? Have you checked it out, Simon, at all? I, I have to admit I haven't really. Uh, I'd dive into to try and log into the Amazon um, Australia site because I'm afraid it's going to do something to my US account and I just want to leave that alone. Yeah, I've only done some price comparisons. See, I don't tend to buy it all from Amazon anymore because uh, even though they own them, I, book depository tend to be slightly cheaper and they tend to have a lot of sales. So I, my main online bookseller, if I'm buying from overseas, is book depository. Yeah, uh, I... I heard the book repository or depository, whatever it is, um, they used to be heaps cheaper, but I they thought were, they got yeah. bought out by Amazon. That's right. Amazon owns them now and they have got less cheap, so they, they used to be great. They used to be a lot cheaper and uh, they have free shipping, which they still do, and that's the main reason I jumped to them. Whereas Amazon, you buy books from them and then you're looking at 15 to 20 bucks US shipping, depending on how many books you've got or whatever. So... That's what turned me off Amazon. But as far as the digital stuff, I've honestly not bought anything, I don't think, on Kindle since that store's been open. I just haven't bought a lot. And I, I also use iBooks a bit, so that tends to compete. Yeah, well, I'm not an Apple user, um, although I do have Apple equipment, but I'm not really married into their ecosystem anymore. Uh, I have to admit, I tend to switch between um, Amazon's uh, Kindle bookstore and Kobo. Which I find I've found to be very good. They okay. have an excellent range of books. Uh, it's easily comparable, I think. Uh, also, sometimes they're cheaper. Sometimes Amazon's cheaper, but it's good having a couple of different. Granted, you you end up operating two digital libraries, but yeah, that's you know these days everyone seems to have uh, their media split across half a dozen different different things, whether it be Google Play or iTunes or uh, if you've <laughs> Like me, uh, stupid enough to own Sony equipment, you probably got it with. Uh, pl- or, actually, no, it's all been integrated with uh, PlayStation now, so PlayStation Video and so forth. So, yeah, we've all got. Uh, I, I think most of us have probably got a fairly scattered media library. So, I don't think it really matters if you're buying from a variety of sources. No. Uh, it does get a bit annoying when you can't get it all on one device, though. Yeah, I find that annoys me too. And I, I find the Kindle still superior to iBooks by a long way. I just tend to price what's the cheapest. And I also tend to avoid buying stuff from Apple because I'm so annoyed with what Blackie, you alluded to, the price gouging um, as far as um, Australian prices versus US prices. And I, I'm assuming it's only going to get worse with the Australian government announcing that they're going to crack down on the, the tax issue with Apple and others allegedly shifting profits offshore so I'm you know they're going to make GST apply I'm wondering if the twice we're paying compared to the US is going to jump to twice plus 10 percent that that GST that they're going to add to it though isn't that only for about five websites like major players like your Amazon your Google your eBay your eBay uh, those sorts of things so if you can find a smaller distributor of these these books yeah you you might do all right yeah yeah, you can be paying that GSC straight off the bat. That's right. So, price there. But yeah. I can see there have been a problem in the future, just like music, where, uh, what's that, um, uh, Jay-Z or whatever, how he's got his music store and he does exclusive stuff, where the same thing will happen with books. So if you want a particular book, you're going to be stuck going to Supplier X when it's on, say, Apple or whatever, and then you know, a different book's going to be on your Android device and you're going to have all that cross-contamination type bullshit that that's right problem 
And I think yeah. that's why I think that's why books are remaining strong. And I actually argue that's one of the reasons vinyls had a resurgence is people actually have the shits with that. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with that. I have to admit, I'm, I I have I repurchased some years ago a uh, a turntable. Yep. And uh, direct drive quartz quartz interlock or whatever the hell it's I can't remember now. <laughs> The technical gibberish. I have enough trouble maintaining my knowledge of uh, the technical gibberish for contemporary technology, let alone stuff from the. Old stuff, yeah. Oh, God. How old would that turntable be? It would be probably early mid 90s, I would guess. But but that's why you you should direct drive because you don't have to worry about the the rubber belt perishing and having to find a a correctly fitting spare and then take the thing apart and refit it. Yes. Get the belt drive turntables, people. They're dead. Dead. Yeah. And I mean... Talking of turntables, I've actually just got a brand new one from uh, D- Dick Smith's. Yeah, so they're all selling them still now. Yeah, still in the box, and you can convert all your old LPs and records and, and that sort of thing That's right. straight to um, MP3s. Yep. So Yeah, I've got one awesome. of them as well. Oh, yeah. well done, Grandad. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's... Um, <laughs> And, but the resurgence, I mean, there's the whole, there's a stereotype that it's the hipsters driving the resurgence, but I, I just using uh, Blackies in my, my home city of, of Wollongong, there is a uh, vinyl record shop that's been around for four or five years now that's just moved to bigger premises and is doing the best business it ever has. It, it, you've got a guy making a living out of selling vinyl records and only selling vinyl records. That's true, and I think in America, vinyl record sales went up by three hundred percent, or something. I was reading about the other day, yep. as well. But I, but that could be a total of like twelve records for all I know. But anyway, it's gone up three hundred percent apparently. And there's talk that cassettes are going to make a comeback, but I still can't believe that will happen. I hope not, because they even even when they were the popular, they, it was the Philips compact cassette was shitty. It was always a it was always a shitty piece of technology. Yeah, you, you're right. That, compared to most, yeah, yeah I, I liked the robustness of it. As silly as that sounds with cassettes, but I liked how even if your cassette broke, if you were willing to pull the damn thing apart and find the two ends and roll it back on and stuff, you could literally sticky tape um, or cello tape. Is that what the American term is? Adhesive tape. Adhesive job, tape, yeah. the two little bits together, and if you used a fine pair of scissors and so it didn't extend beyond the, the width of the table, you could actually get the damn thing to work again. That I liked, and being able to record on them as well, obviously. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But they're, they're slow, and like being a, like there are a whole bunch of downsides, even compared to vinyl. It's easier to jump tracks on vinyl than it is on a bloody cassette. Oh, massive. That's the, that was the, uh, always the problem being a, a serial medium, and the fact that the tape would stretch. Yes. Because uh, of the, the tensioning. Really, you're better off with, if you wanted to go to a, a tape medium, you're better off with uh, DAT or, yeah. uh, what was, there was another one. A-DAT. Uh, there was a there was ADAT there, and DAT. Was that Crazy 8 or something? There was, uh, there was DAT and there was DCC. Was, uh, Philips oh, there was too, yeah. Digital compact cassette, yes. uh, which never really took off, but really... Uh, going with, you'd be better off with an eight track. The sound quality, <laughs> the, the sound quality of, of ye olde um, analog compact cassettes was never good, but they were convenient. It was a bit like VHS. VHS was technically inferior, but it won out because right. it was just everywhere. It was ubiquitous. Yeah. I mean, I grew up on cassettes and I've only just recently started buying vinyl because, yeah, it was, it was from memory, it was cheaper too, weren't they? Cassettes were cheaper than vinyl definitely cheaper than CDs when there was that couple of years of crossover. Oh, it depends. I mean, did you did you buy singles? Uh, no, it? only one or two. I was more of a uh, buy the whole album. And I would also buy albums based on their covers, not knowing the artists. And as a teenager, I didn't lose out once on that. As an adult, I tried it and lost out big time on some stupid music. But mm. oh, By the way, for anyone uh, who is... Uh, Young enough and blissfully ignorant enough to not know what a single is. It was a, a single on a cassette tape, a, like a 45 or a CD single. Hell, does anyone even remember CD singles and those stupid little converter things you had to sort of pop them into? Oh, I've forgotten about them. So that's back in the day when, and then they, they came out with CD drives that had uh, 
two two indentations, one for the the singles and That's one for right. the full size discs, and then everyone just decided the whole thing was a completely stupid idea anyway. Yes. So I mean, I suppose that was a long winded way of saying that a lot of this going back to old technology is not totally but partly a rebellion against some of the price gouging and, and trying to keep a collection together. A lot of us still like collecting things and these formats don't allow you to do that well. Well, yeah, exactly. And I have to admit, I'm going through the same sort of thing with games at the moment. I have I look at digital downloads in the stores and I'm going, yeah, you know, I can, think I'd actually prefer to have it on disc. Yep. Especially because... Uh, Oh no! We're going. I'm crossing into game territory here. I will do that briefly yes. because Anne, I'm the host of this thing. God damn it! Uh, Ubisoft recently announced that they were going to stop supporting or releasing new games, apart from anything to do with Dance Central, for the 360 and PS3. So the support for the old platforms is going away, which means that all support is going to shrivel and die pretty quickly because the uptake of the new stuff's been so good. Which means how long a lot of the library of games is going to remain online, the, those days are numbered. Yeah. It might be available for, for three years, for five years, for ten years. I don't know. But you look at the, going back to the retro media, uh, you look at people who, you know, you go and buy a, like a, uh, a SNES or something and you can get a working cartridge. You can play the game. You do that with a, certainly with a PS4 and a, an Xbox One. You're not going to be able to do that. It, after the same amount of time has elapsed because the online support will probably not be there. I mean, Sony may not even exist at that point because God knows they're crapping their, their pants at pretty much every endeavour they have apart from the PlayStation. Yeah. So, yeah, sometimes I think you, you're better off with stuff you can store locally and look at. Look at on a shelf. Looking at stuff on a shelf is not a bad thing. No. Nope. As long as you have a shelf. I can't see it going away. And even... Uh, another, just while you mentioned game cartridges, um, I went to a comic convention yesterday in Wollongong. So it's the it's called Comic Gong, and it's its third year, and it's grown exponentially from about a thousand people to four and a half. And I haven't heard what yesterday's was, but it was I'm guessing six to eight thousand people. And there was a guy there selling uh, Super Nintendo and N sixty four cartridges, and they were seventy five to hundred bucks a pop. Jesus. Yeah, and I'm spewing. Like, I had bunches of them. I just gave them away to a nephew years ago. It's like, oh, I wish I'd held on to them. I reckon if you went down to the local tip and dug down about eight foot. Yeah, you'd find you'd heaps of them. Up. Yeah, you'd, you'd find a bunch of E.T. the extraterrestrial cartridges, apparently. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Everywhere. Yeah. I, I mean, and just on comics more broadly, too, that there were thousands and thousands of people there devoted to a paper-based thing. Yes, there are digital comics and... I know I, for example, got something on Comixology the other week, the Secret Wars crossover thing for Marvel because I refused to give them money for a paper version. didn't want to pay that much, but I wanted to check it out. But, you know, there was reams of young people too going through back issues, looking for old copies of the Avengers or whatever. They've been sold at an exorbitant price. Uh, I think comics have had a bit of a resurgence because uh, there's a... Down uh, Chapel Street, Comics R Us. That's the yep. uh, local comic shop, and uh, I know the owner quite well, so we usually end up having a bit of a chin wag every time I drop in. And it's really heartening just seeing the diversity of ages who are asking about stuff, asking informed questions yes. about this comic that some of the, which I've never heard of before, which is great. Uh, because there is such a, a wealth of content out there. And they're not interested in the digital version. They want the printed pulp wood thing. And I, th- I think that's, that's great. It's, it's a bit like if you, if you, I don't know if you, any of you are old enough to remember back in the day uh, when drum machines came out, basically they were saying acoustic bands are dead. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And for, because for a while everything was electronic and it was drum machines and you know the rolling and whatnot, and, and then of course yeah you end up with uh, well Nirvana pretty much smashed that the whole the whole grunge movement and Nirvana obviously is the 
most well-known example of that. But just the you know couple of couple of uh, guitar acoustic guitars and uh, well or electric guitars and a drummer, an actual drummer, not a little box in the corner. No, I can't imagine Dave Grohl having anything much to do with drum machines. No, no, but that, that's the funny thing though. It's people have just uh, just have these. Uh, these habits of making these grandiose statements that such and such is dead. No, it's not. It's had a bit of a lull. It'll come back. Yes. Because things always come back. And it may sound like as old buggers we're desperately holding on to that concept, but I actually think we're right on this one. Oh, we're definitely right. That's one of the advantages of, of not dying too, too prematurely is you get to see, you get to see the, the cycles and the rhythms of these things. And, yeah, it, it's going to come back. I mean... With a paper copy as well, you have something that's of value that you can pass on and that's sell. Right. You know, if, you've got, if you've got something digital, it's like back in the day when everybody copied Commodore 64 games. You end up, the only people that made money back then were the guys that sold discs. You end up with 400,000 games of which you played none of them. You didn't get to enjoy it at all. It's like if you've got electronic copies of, of comics... You, know, you end up getting them that fast that you don't end up reading them. And That's right. They just fall by the wayside. You don't enjoy them at all. Blackie, you've just described my Steam library. Thanks. Yeah, that's true. Pretty much. No, it's, it's true. It's the reason why I no longer copy games or, or pirate movies I, um, because you just don't end up enjoying them. I actually go to the shop and, and buy them so that I, even if it's a shit movie, if I paid it, I'll watch it all the way through where if it's, Previously, if it was a good movie and you download it or you get it off someone, you watch 10 minutes and go, oh, I'm over this, what's the next movie? Now you've got 5,000 in a library, you, you just don't enjoy any of them. Yeah, I, I have to admit, I was in the comments section um, on YouTube and you know, I, I generally try to avoid reading the comments in, on YouTube because everyone Quality. should. <laughs> Quality. Quality in comments, yeah. I. I don't think those two uh, two concepts have ever actually touched. But uh, I kind of remember, I think it was one of Jim Sterling's videos and the, the, the uh, comments had basically just gone completely off on a tangent. But there was one young fellow in there, had his own YouTube channel, uh, had uh, a few videos of him and his mates playing some, some original songs. All of it was downvoted massively. A low, a lot of hatred, and the reason for that was the nature of the comments he was leaving uh, in on this Jim Sterling's uh, video. Uh, and basically, and it's an argument I have used myself in the past, and I think a lot of people do. The basically the argument is this: I was never going to buy a copy of this, so since I was never going to buy a copy of this then whether I illegally download it or not isn't going to impact on yes. the content creator, the, the person who came up with the thing. And uh, it's not like it's a real thing anyway. It's, 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 just, it's just bits. It's, it's, not, it's not costing the creator to, um, to generate. It's not like a, a, a disc that gets shipped out to a store in a box. It's just it's just data. It doesn't cost anything to replicate. So why should I pay for it? Why should I feel bad? Why shouldn't I? And there is a certain logic to it, but the fundamental truth of it really boils down to is, and it goes for any kind of medium, games, videos, music, whatever, is if you, if you want access to it, if you want to be able to enjoy it or not enjoy it, you know, whatever your taste. But if you want to, if you want access to that entertainment, to that media, you need to pay for it because that's the way things work. Whereas I, I tend to take the format view, so I, I, I don't, agree, I agree with you. I don't, I don't like the approach of if I wasn't going to buy it anyway, therefore I can illegally download it. I tend to take the view if I stumble across a free downloadable version of something that I had bought on cassette or CD or whatever 20 years ago, I view that I've already bought that album and, and that I've bought in, perpetu in perpetuity the rights to download it in the future, even though that's absolutely not the case. Yeah. If, you, 
If you yeah. paid for it in one medium, you should be able to transfer it to any other medium that you like. You can't on-sell it, but you should be able to transfer it. No, that, that's yeah. right. That's my but, view as well. But even though legally that's not how it works, yeah. No, not really. The I, there, I have made one exception to this, and I don't think it's an entirely unreasonable one. Um, I can't, I think I've, I don't know why I remembered I had it, but I decided to listen to uh, Grace Jones' Slave to the Rhythm. Oh, God. Now, yes. Now, I bought that CD a long time ago. I bought that CD when CDs were still coming, were still fairly new. It was one of the first CDs I ever bought. Put it in. Skippity doo da, skippity day. Couldn't, if it could play a track, it couldn't play the whole thing. It was basically the disc was unreadable. The disc was suffering from disc rot. Oh, really? Which is a phenomenon that um, does afflict discs uh, periodically, sometimes, but usually the, the older uh, first generation discs were afflicted with this. I, I'm not sure what it is. I think it's something to do with the, the layers sort of separating and lifting or something. Okay. But, but anyway, the, I, the disc didn't, wouldn't work. But I hadn't broken it. I hadn't damaged it. I still owned it. But I no longer had access to the music. Yeah, so you should be able to download it. So I downloaded it. I thought, well, I don't see, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's not my fault. No, I agree. Uh, it is faulty. It's not like it's a, a record that wore out. It's from, you know, records wear out from overplaying or from poor storage. It wasn't a storage issue. Uh, it wasn't a damage issue. It's nothing I did. But I bet, so, you, I bet you're not going to tell Grace Jones, though, because like me, you'd be scared shitless she'd come and beat the crap out of you. How many stuntmen did she hurt during filming of Conan the Destroyer? Was oh, it okay. Four? She put him in hospital. Yeah, she's a scary didn't she, lady. Didn't she get arrested recently for doing something similar, went ape shit on somebody? Oh, Probably, but I, I, fully, I fully endorse her doing anything because she's just, she's awesome. She is. Well, that was a hell of a discussion, I'd argue. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that we stayed on point, but... No. I, Considering a we off topic. a throwaway topic, I think we, we kind of uh, we didn't do too badly there. Uh, yeah, and but, uh, but just on that, yes, go just on. going back to the original topic, I did have a look. Um, the Harry Potter books, the the full series on uh, AmericanAmazon.com was fifty two dollars and nine cents, and on Amazon.com.au was seventy two dollars. Yeah, see that just sucks. And that was in Australian dollars both, yeah? Uh, no, the, I didn't cross across, so an extra... Uh, that oh, doesn't yeah, sound... So it wouldn't be far off then? Uh, yeah, not far off, but you know, comparatively it's still a bit cheaper. Yeah. It's still annoying though because I've, I was having a look at uh, the Smite um, founder pack and that's 29 bucks US, but I had a look at it in, the, in Australian currency and it's 39 bucks. I was like, Australia tax, hang on. Exchange rates around sort of 77, 80 cents to the dollar. Actually, that's that's probably about right. It still didn't matter. It still felt, I still felt outraged. Ripped off. I I wasn't, but there's a, it's a bit like the old sales trick of um, selling someone something for 10 bucks or 9.99. People always go for nine ninety nine. Exactly. We, we might know that there's only one cent difference, but we can't help the natural urge to go for the cheaper option or the cheaper sounding option. It's just, it's just the way people are. It's why economics works. Oh, yes. Right. It's three figures, because not four. Sites. Yes, exactly. And speaking of figures, uh, especially <laughs> ones, um, Pitch Perfect 2 review, David. Yeah, look, it's with great pride. I do this? Now, I don't, I'm not even going to bother asking you two the question whether you've seen Pitch Perfect, the original, although one of you may have. Have you actually stumbled across it at any stage? No. Who are you talking to? Yeah, that's what I, I thought. Only the song on YouTube. That's about all I've heard. Look, quite honestly, it, it, 
as dumb as it sounds, and you, you think it might be taking the piss, it is actually worth a look, particularly those of us that grew up in the 1980s. The original Pitch Perfect movie, I'd argue, is, is as of a similar quality to... And they actually directly um, talk about in the original movie... Um, oh, not St Elmo's Fire. What's the other one? Was it Breakfast at Tiffany's? Anyway, uh, one, one of those... Breakfast, sorry, yeah, that's the one. Breakfast, the Breakfast Club. Sorry, yes, that's the one they directly alluded to. I've heard of. Sorry, is Breakfast Club is a movie I've heard of. I'm I'm not old enough to actually know anything about it. Okay, yeah. So Breakfast Club was released. I don't know, eighty six, eighty seven, whatever it was, and um, this one alludes to it. But essentially, it's about uh, a competition in the US. Um, there's this fictional university. Um, it's a cappella singing competition. So I've never watched Glee, but I imagine there's a big crossover as far as the, the performance aspects with Glee, as far as lots of people on stage singing, but in this case, totally without instrumentation, uh, except that they're obviously overdubbing a lot of a cappella stuff that the actors themselves aren't doing. But uh, just a hugely fun, enjoyable movie. And so the sequel came out in Australia um, this past week, and um, because I've got two kids... They wanted to go and see it, but I loved the original as well. I was like, yeah, let's go and see it. So, so we went and saw it, and it's the first time I've been in a 100% sold-out theatre since I think I went and saw The Phantom Menace in whatever year that was. Simon, you'll know when it was. Was it 96? I'm guessing now. I, I don't know. I, I never saw the movie. Oh, there you go. Well, so anyway, that's the last time I've ever sat in a theatre where it was sold out and packed. And the age range, so Pitch Perfect you would see is pitched uh, at oh, 13 to 17-year-olds would be the demographic, I'm guessing. But the age range in that theatre, yes, there were a hell of a lot of 13 to 17-year-olds, but there were also a lot of um, parents and also a lot of 20 to 30s who had... Because uh, the original movie is probably four or five years, maybe even six years old. So they are probably in the demographic when... Um, it came out, but it was just packed, and I'm pleased to report it's um, probably as fun a movie as the first one. And the main reason is you guys know Rebel Wilson. Absolutely. Yeah. So she, she I love her to bits in anything she does, and she makes both those movies. She she gets a decent role in the first one, but you can tell their focus group stuff after the first one was lots more Rebel Wilson, please, because she's absolutely dominant in the Pitch Perfect too, So it's really cool for this blockbuster American movie series to have an Australian as the lead. So that's pretty cool. Um, highly recommend it. If you haven't seen the original, check it out first and then you'll soon know whether you want to see the sequel. But if you have seen the original, I said I can report that the second one is a hell of a lot of fun as well. So there you go. So you just feel dirty that that's been raised now, don't you? Simon? I've just realised that throughout your entire review, the expression on my face has been of someone who's had to f- sit in front of a bowl of shit. Yeah, that's what I thought. But Yeah, I'm, I'm disturbed by the topic. Now, some homework. Watch Pitch Perfect. You should be able to download it illegally somewhere. Hell <laughs> no. Have, have you got Netflix? Yes. It's on Netflix. Seriously, just watch um, the first... 15 minutes of it. And I if you don't... don't like, no, I don't want to watch people singing a cappella. I have seen the preview for Pitch Perfect 2 and it does look interesting. I must admit, from the, from the preview, I was tempted to, um, to go and watch yeah. the actual movie. That bit where she's suspended from the ceiling doing the display before the president. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I won't give anything away there. There's a big spoiler there. But yeah, that, that was funny. And so when I say a cappella, we're not talking the traditional a cappella. This is all modern musical from 80s to now done extremely well with arrangements um, and lots of synthetic sounding a cappella stuff as far as synths and drum machines that the voices are making really well done oh I'm, I'm sure it's well done uh, for for what it is and I didn't think you were referring to barbershop no no I know that but it's uh there, there's something about the dynamic of those sorts of movies that that just get I, I just can't really be bothered with. Um, not because of the singing, although the, I must admit the singing irks somewhat. But it's 
the little I do know of them, apart from um, there is a, a, a rather choice scene of projectile vomiting, as, as yes, I recall, is. Uh, is that it's really just going with the the whole rather trite, uh, you know, outsiders. But as you say, it's the sort of the Breakfast Club. Oh yeah, absolutely, it is. Uh, it's. It's you know, definitely it's a, a movie a rehash. Yeah, oh, it's, 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 it's a tight job. It's trope. And I, I don't know if I really can be bothered with it. Uh, well, there's, there, you're right. It, it's a total rip-off of all those movies over the last 30 years. But things like Rebel Wilson and the humour in it give it enough to make it different and funny combined with the music that it's still a hell of a watch. All right. I'll give it, I'll give it some consideration. Have you seen Jupiter Ascendant? No, but I'm keen to, although I've heard some of it, there's been some very, oh, I don't know whether it's even mixed reviews. I've heard it's been bollocked like hell. It has been. Yeah. It, it, it certainly has been. So, no, I haven't I seen it, but I want to. Have, yeah. All right. So, have a look at Jupiter Ascendant with, without preconception and just judge it for what it is uh, and see if you have a fun time. And I will. <sighs> I will do my best. Hang on. I just need to control my breathing here. <laughs> I will do my best to, to look at to Pitch Perfect and, and, and not, not, oh, sorry. not throw up in my mouth yeah. at all. No, you, I guarantee you won't. And the other, Sorry, one last very quick reason. The other reason you won't besides Rebel Wilson is that there are two... Uh, former a cappella people commentating on the competitions and that's mm-hmm. where most of the humour is. So the guy is an outright racist and sexist and some of the things he lets rip with I only wish we could get away with on this podcast um, and he's bouncing off the female commentator is brilliant. Between that and Rebel Wilson, that alone makes it worth watching even if you don't like the music side of it. Okay, I don't really know who Rebel Wilson is apart from... You ever watched Fat Pizza? Fat Pizza. That, from where she started from, I am amazed that she went from Fat Pizza to these Hollywood she's, movies. She's a huge really star now. And um, you know who yeah. she lives with? So she, no. she, um, she's single, but she lives with... Well, I don't know. She's single. Who, how the hell do I know that? But she, um, she's a flatmate of um, the bald fat guy out of Little Britain whose name escapes me at the moment. It's not David Williams, the other guy. Matt, someone. Uh, you know who I mean, though. Mm. You've never watched yeah, Little Britain? Guy. Yeah, no, the, the, guy that's the only gay in the village. Gay in the village. Oh, so he's not gay. So, Simon, you've never seen Little Britain? I'm aware of it in the same way that I'm aware of Rebel Wilson. Okay. Um, but I have no no first-hand knowledge of their work. Okay, definitely. You need to watch at. SBS more, definitely. And ABC, I, yeah. I really don't. I really don't. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Little Britain, anyway, her and Matt are, are flatmates, and I think it gives you an indication of how far she's come. She, she can sing, she can dance in her way, and she's a great actress. Um, she was also in the last one with Matt... Damon, oh, sorry, Ben Affleck, what's those night at the museum ones? The last one she did, I actually saw that with the kids too and she was brilliant in that as well. So, yeah, she, she's, Hollywood, she's a Hollywood, I'd argue, A-lister now. To, going from fat pizza to that, it's incredible. Well, in all honesty, uh, I would much prefer, even though I know very little about Rebel... Wilson, I, I would much prefer to watch her than have any contact with anything that um, Megan Trainer did because, boy, she's a talentless bitch. Anyway, moving on <laughs> to other topics. Are we done with that one? I think yeah, we're done, we're with, that done one. with that one. Yeah, we're done with that one, yeah. Excellent. Well, let's see. What have we got next on our menu? Uh, what's it called when it's... Uh... Shit. What's that? What's that term on menus when it's entrees, appetizers, a la carte? Yes, a la carte. Lentils? Because the Americans do it the wrong way around. Well, they, they do it different to us. So we have entrees, mains, and and whatever. But they, 
call their, I can't remember, is it they call their mains entrees? There's some, something different when you go on an American menu. Yeah, their entrees are the big one. We learned that the hard way. Yeah. Well, I, I do know that um, in America you get your salad before the steak, which I think is an excellent idea because it gets the crap part of the meal out of the way, the good bit. <laughs> That's right. Well, we've got, a, we've got some choices here. We can, I reckon I don't, the dip. We've got to go dip. We go the depth, yeah, the whole dinosaur, and yeah. All right, let's go for the depth. So do I, do I do a preamble on the depth? Oh, surely, or? if this, I mean, even though you may not have heard a little Britain, I'm pretty sure there's most people out there will know about the Johnny Depp saga of the last what is it, three or four days? Yeah, it seems to have gone pretty much all over the place. But um, just just to quickly outline it, uh, basically uh, Johnny Depp decided that being the Depp. He didn't have to worry about uh, uh, getting permits and whatever to take his dogs out of the States and bring them into Australia, which has uh, some of the world's strictest biosecurity laws. And one of the good reasons for those laws is we don't have uh, a lot of uh, canine diseases like rabies and uh, a bunch of other things like that here. They are not known in this country. So... Uh, even though I'm sure these are both very pampered pooches, they still have the potential mm. for carrying any number of things which we do not have here. So it was a bit of a furore when this was realised and what exactly was going to be done about, what were they called, stupid names, was it Pistol and... I can't remember Stil either. Bum or something? Boo, Boo. Pistol and Boo. Yes, Pistol and Boo. Uh, which were two Yorkshire Terriers. So, gentlemen, comments, thoughts, ideas, See, opinions. I, I, Think I, about this. I'm on Team Barnaby. He was right. And that's because even though I hate the Abbott government, I love Barnaby Joyce. He's a total Fruit Loop, but he's a Fruit Loop with a bit of intellectual weight behind him. And the only reason I know that is from watching one show. I don't know whether either of you watch Kitchen Cabinet with Annabelle Crabb, but she basically turns up to a politician's place and cooks a meal with them. And the one she did with Barnaby Joyce lifted him, in my estimation, about 600%. So when you, when you get him relaxed and actually talking about substance, he was able to match her, um, you know, point for point on some really substantive stuff and had some pretty decent views on things. So ever since then, I've loved him, and I love the fact he says what the hell he wants... And he, I, I actually support him on this one. That's about it, really, for me. Lackey, what do you think? Yeah, yeah I'm pretty much the same. Like, if, you, if you've ever been out in the country and seen all the stuff that happens to animals, and if you, you read about, um, you know, all the animals that get brought into Australia and all the strict laws that they have, and it's, it's an absolute massive pain in the ass, and it's really even though it's really uh, a sorry state of affairs for any animals that you bring back into Australia, you know, it, it really is there for a reason. And it's not for, um, you know, the people like yourself or me or even Johnny Depp to, to sidestep, you know. If you look at the damage that that sort of stuff can do, it's just phenomenal. You know, if, if Australia got, um, for example, um, that BSC disease, the... Um, the mad cow disease oh, yeah. from from England. Imagine what would happen, you know, if, if those dogs had um, the canine equivalent of that, it would just decimate the industry. And if it jumped um, jumped ship to some other animal, it would just be horrible. Just because you're famous doesn't mean that you can't bypass these laws. And, you know, my missus is, is a great animal lover and that sort of thing. And she says, oh, you know... Um, how can you put these dogs down just because they got brought into the into the country? Well, if you look at the damage that that potentially they could do um, without knowing, you don't know what the what the background. You know, have they had their shots? Have they not had their shots? That's what right. sort of area did they come from? It it does get very messy. Look, looking at it as 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 a person, yeah, it is pretty harsh for the animals, but in the long run, um, it's it's really protecting Australia big time. And, and so everybody immediately stands up and says, oh, screw the government, you know, you shouldn't be stopping dogs from coming into the country. So when you take a step back and look at it, you go, well, yeah, that could be. If your dog or whatever got um, got something, it's just like these people, you know, the no-vaxxers, it's the equivalent uh, of that. Uh, yes. Uh, the, 
the only thing I disagree though with Barnaby on is the idea, like I hate the idea of a jet. I think they were they're flown back or whatever. The waste of fuel and resources to fly two stinking dogs back all the way. What they should have done is actually um, had a public execution of the dogs with one of Depp's pirate swords from the movie. That's my view. It would have been. Imagine the tourism and the hits on YouTube and all that. It would have been very slow because most of those swords are actually blunt. Yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, true. Yeah. So from an animal welfare viewpoint, it's not great. No. So you wouldn't actually be killing the dogs as so much as mashing them to death. <laughs> that's true. All right. I withdraw that. that okay. <laughs> Maybe that's what happened back in the day in medieval times when they didn't sharpen the swords. That's swords right. So hurt. You know, they had to have quite a few attempts at those things. So, Here's a bit of trivia for you. Uh, when was the last person executed? What year was the last execution by guillotine in France? That was about 10 years ago, wasn't it? Really? No. Eight? I'm going to say late 1800s or something, maybe early 1900s. I might be out by a year or so, but I think it was about 1969. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, I it's suppose the last guy to die in Australia was like 67, so that's about equivalent. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's a distraction. But, yeah, it is it is annoying that celebrities think... Uh, uh, I, I probably didn't think that anything of it. Yeah, they're the dogs. But the thing is, he, he violated US, quarant, uh, US um, biocontainment as well as Australian biocontainment. I don't, I don't know... I mean, he lives in France, so God only knows how many times he's done this yeah. trip. This is the first time it's happened. Yeah. Who knows how many countries he's ex- potentially exposed. There's yeah. a, a, but, a real... But when you, admittedly, though, when you do go into America and, and all around Europe, their laws are pretty lax because they've just had just about everything over there. Yeah. That's so true. It's, it's equivalent of when, um, when the Spanish went down to, um, oh, where was it, South America and destroyed everyone with... Yeah, you know, um, the plague. Or those, yeah, I forget what not typhoid, whatever it was. But anyway, it's, a, it's the same. You know, our dogs have got no, or animals have got no resistance to that to a lot of that stuff from Europe. So, mm. oh, and nineteen seventy seven like, was was it, the year. What was? Nineteen seventy seven was the year of the last execution by guillotine in France. God, that's amazing. Oh, like, yeah, well, that's yeah, that's. That's even worse. That's the year Star Wars came out. Yeah, true. That's that. That's contemporizes things for you. So yes, the barbarity of people. But yeah, the um, the Florida Everglades Everglades are at the moment having a real problem because they're being choked by. It's actually a, an Australian plant, an in, a plant indigenous to Australia. I can't remember what it's called. Patterson's oh. Curse. What's that? Like you tell that's me, no, cursor is. <clears throat> oh, that's that stupid. That, you know, when you stuff. drive along the fields, the purple stuff, it's everywhere. You know, when you drive through the fields out in the bush in summer. So I could, yeah, I could see it choking stuff. Things. Yeah, although yeah. I don't think it'd be tall enough to seriously choke something in the Everglades. But Patterson's curse, and I don't even know that it's native to Australia. It's a real problem here. You know, the big you have the big purple fields if you're driving through the rural areas. Uh, I try and avoid the rural areas. It's full of hicks. <laughs> I just thought, well, maybe, I was about to say, maybe you're driving through the rural areas watching Little Britain on your DVD player and you haven't seen the purple fields. No, wouldn't I be watching Little Britain the HS? Yeah, true. You're not getting with the hipster vibe here. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so, so yeah, that's a good example, though, the Everglades, because it must be some serious thing to be choking it, though. Yeah, but again, that's an introduced species uh, just reacting. Well, I mean, as far as the introduced species goes, it's it's a party time. It's having an awesome time, but it's completely overwhelming uh, the the lake the, the local indigenous fauna because it's not part of the uh, the status quo of the of the biosystem. So it's just wreaking havoc. So it doesn't take much. That's probably just one person who smuggled something in and. Yeah. The seeds got out and, you know, it doesn't take much. It's a bit like, it's like a virus. It just doesn't take much. You just need a, one con- a contagion to take hold in one place. And if it's something that 
can spread by contact or air or whatever. You know, it's, it's you've got a pandemic on your hands very quickly. That's right. How ironic would it be if that if that's where we got our bull, our um, you know, our cane toads from originally was from the Everglades. Everglades. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking of the cane toads, and the other one uh, that we're worried to death about at the moment is it's a particular. Is it a mite that is killing off bees? Um, and there's a real concern. Australia's one of the few countries that doesn't have it, and it's decimated bee populations around the world. And I've got a friend that keeps bees, and I know it worries him. Um, Blake, you'll know him. He, uh, he was your most useless warrior in the guild. Um, oh, yeah, Graham. So, Fabio uh, too, as he liked to be called. So, and you're getting a direct mention, yeah. Graham. So you better bloody listen. Um, he 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 does bees as a hobby now and does a great job and has won a few prizes at the Easter show and stuff, which is great. Um, but I know there's a real concern. I don't know whether it's a mite. He'll correct me, but it's this. It's another example. And if you don't have bees, you have all sorts of problems. Yeah. Well, for for one thing, it becomes uh, one of the the plot catalysts for an M Night Shyamalan movie, yeah. which. It, it's just catastrophic for everybody. See? Yeah. We cover Countless everything all. here, don't we? This is a great we, podcast. It, it is. And you know uh, what I like? You know what I like what? most about it? Because when we do Flashpoint, I am unintentionally but still absolutely an ignoramus on so much about gaming and, and Star Wars lore in particular. But there's two mm-hmm. times tonight where I've talked about stuff you've had no idea about. So I feel like the balance is evening up a little bit. Well, I think that worked out really well. The symmetry is perfect because you're proud that you knew about these things and I'm proud that I didn't. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it works for everybody. That's right. Yeah, I actually, I actually find that pretty unusual that Simon didn't know about it. Maybe it's my stupidity just transcending across to him and he's getting dumber by having me on. So yeah, it makes you look smart, Dave. See, I'm, yeah. I'm not surprised you hadn't watched Pitch Perfect, but Little Britain surprised the hell out of me, That, to be honest. But Pitch Perfect, he, I wasn't surprised. People, people assume that because... I have, look, I, did, I haven't lived in Britain since I was eight years old. I don't gra- gravitate to, to no, UK-based no. entertainment. Yeah, no, it, was, it wasn't based on that. It was more based on from, I can't exactly remember, let's say 2001 to 2007. They did three or four series. It was such a dominating comedy show um, worldwide and those guys had huge amounts of exposure. I was just surprised you hadn't seen any of them. But yeah, all the, the main meme, the computer says no. Yeah, that one I'm that was that one familiar with, although the intonation I would not have been able to replicate. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, it's all good. Yeah, well, that, that sounds like a show to me. So let's take a vote. First, the eyes. Oh, okay. I'd rather, I'd rather answer with my whole body rather than the eyes, but because eyes don't translate well on podcasts, more voice boxes. Can, can you can you uh, can you dance like a? You can express it through dance like a Jar Jar Binks toy. Yeah, I'd love that. You know, I, I definitely we we're hitting an hour, and and the editing part of me goes, yes, that's plenty. Yes. So motion carried. I reckon. I reckon push it out for another four hours. It should be good. I want to oh see him suffer. God. Oh, that's all right. Just just listen to it at um... oh, user feedback. Oh yes, we we yes. had some, we had some um, user feedback that's important that I, I cover off. So um, since episode four, we we had a lovely listener um, uh, text in with, with a suggestion. So this person, who shall re- yeah, this person um, who shall remain uh, anonymous. Uh, had text. asked me via text when was the next episode dropping. I think it was more a flashpoint than this one. I said, oh, look, we we, it, we did delay a week and it's been a bit hectic trying to release both Flashpoint and We Hate People um, every fortnight. So it's essentially you're doing a podcast a week. Get the violins out, everyone. And so this person texted back with some lovely feedback, which was, so with nothing to listen to, I now have to actually fully focus on work. Your hectic, schmectic, crybaby attitude is making my working life a living hell every second week. All I have to listen listen to now is the sound of my tears hitting my standard keyboard while I play with my company's stress balls. So that, thank you, anonymous person. What's your take on that, Blackie? 
I reckon that guy is fucking brilliant <laughs> and true. And if they have to put up with you lazy ass fucks not doing a podcast every week, then then they should come around and punch you in the face when you don't get off your ass and do it. What do you think, Simon? I, I think that sounds fair. I'm actually impressed that someone can operate a standard keyboard and stress balls, plural, uh, at the same time. I'm I'm just wondering how that works. Uh, that's true. That's impressive. Yeah. Not the skill. Just wondering Don't whether this one here. So yeah. A lot of going on possibly. And so and to state the bleeding obvious for the point one percent of people who didn't pick it up, that was actually Blackie's feedback which led to me inviting him on the podcast. Yeah, pretty much. So when there's a week without either this podcast or your other one, it, it gets very boring. Because all I had to listen to was WoW podcasts and they're just the biggest bunch of whinges I've ever seen on the face of the earth. Yeah, look, the, the instance is starting to really annoy me. Um, the, tell them, Steve, Dave, we've mentioned on this podcast a number of times and I've mentioned to you, it's worth a listen. Oh, can you put a link up then somewhere? Yep, yep. or you could just get off your ass and Google tell them, Steve, Dave, and it'll come up top link. But oh, come on. Look, 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 look at all this done for you. Just... just yeah, I will. I'll get too easily distracted by technology. No, I will. I'll put it up. It's um, for those listening that don't want to click on the link. It's I think it's Smodcast S M O D C A S T dot com, and there's a whole bunch. That's Kevin Smith's podcast empire. And oh, uh, yeah, yeah, listen to that. He's got a hasn't he got like a a YouTube channel that's got those guys from his comic shop in it? Is that the same? Oh, it could. I haven't seen what? YouTube, but yeah, they do a whole bunch. There's there's masses of podcasts there. So and. Tell them Steve Dave's one of them. Um, and it, it was the inspiration for me suggesting to Simon we do this one, um, even though they're totally different sort of podcasts. And we're still thrashing about trying to figure out what the hell we're doing in this one. Yes. But, uh, but uh, David, you will also be putting a link to that, uh, that teeny-weeny little uh, video of, of, um, of goodness, of okie-dokiness. Yes, absolutely. Jar Jar. Okie day, I should say. Yes. Yes, I will. Interspersed yes. with uh, MC Hammer Time and um, Nicky Louder impersonations at the end. Nicky Louder that one. is a name I haven't heard in a lot of t- lot of years. Soon. <laughs> I like that. Nicky Louder. He died, didn't he? Yes. Badly. Yes. yes, there may have been impact and fire involved, which oddly enough is uh, apropos. Okay, so is this the sh- is this the show now? Are we done? Yeah, we're Have done. We- yeah, I-, I must admit though, what the the only downside of actually being on this podcast is that when I go to work tomorrow, I'm going to be bored shitless because I won't be able to download this show and listen to it at work. Because you so don't want to listen to created- yourself. Oh, yeah, nah. I can understand that. I'm assuming you'll be able to like look at yourself in the mirror. You just get so disappointed and you just go, oh, yeah, I know. how horrible is that? Welcome to my life. I have to listen to it while I edit it. And Simon, I'm pretty safe in saying you never listen to them after they're done, do you? Not a clue. No. You've got better things to do, like watching Pitch Perfect. We, that, that is uh, homework. We, I will be following I don't know, actually. Up. I thought Simon would listen to them all the time so he could improve every week. He seems to be getting better and better and better. Well, David, you seem to be getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah, so it's... Oh... There's something mm. in that. What, well, what actually, you get worse, especially in your your own one. This one, you're doing a lot better because you just talk general shit. But when you talk about gaming, you just uh, 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 a pass. Yeah, because that's all I got. Mm. I, I just really, since thermonuclear war games on the Vic Twenty, I've got nothing. That wasn't oh, good. Simon, Commodore sixty four. Yeah, oh, I love those computers. Yeah, it's silent, Simon, because you're the bloody host. Oh, I just thought I'd let you two uh, have at it. But at this point, I am definitely calling this a show. I'm going to say that we should consider this heifer corralled, branded and minced. So thanks to everyone for listening and more to the point, remembering that this podcast still exists. As always, we're keen to hear your thoughts on the podcast, suggestions for topics, conspiracy theories, and or death threats. Just send them to contact at oceanicgamer.com. You can follow us on Twitter. David's handle is at Creative Shed, and I'm at RPG Beats RL. Blackie, did you want to add your 
handle in there at all? I, no, I have no handles. I'm not. I am neither on Tinder. I am not on Tinder. Facebook. <laughs> I am not on Grinder. YouTube. Gr- I am not grinder. on anything. <laughs> or Grinder. Yeah, or Grinder yeah, maybe. Although I'm starting to get to the age where I can't afford a knockback, so I might be on Grinder soon. That's right. Tend to pick up a bit more on that one. Uh, well, speaking of pickups, for earlier episodes, visit www.creativeshare.com or subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks to my co-host, David Holloway, and our extra, 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 extra special guest, Stuart Black. I'm Simon Potter. This has been Episode 5 of We Hate People. Thanks again for listening, and as always, keep it on IGN. Oh, damn it. I forgot, I forgot to mention I saw two sweaty stormtroopers yesterday at Comic-Con. They look very tired. Good night. How do you know they were sweaty? Oh, they look because I was standing next to one of them. One of, he had, one of them had his helmet off and he looked like he was just absolutely stuffed. He was probably... He was smelling from 10 paces. Yeah, he was, he was early 40s until he'd had enough. Um, and I was disappointed. The best Stormtrooper costume, it looked really, really authentic, except for the white joggers he was wearing. Uh, he, he had his helmet off. Yeah, one of them did. Yeah, I know, I that's it's... wrong too. Yeah, phrasing. The 501st That's... were there too, which was nice to see. Oh, they're awesome. You that, yeah, you wouldn't make that special group that, that does it where they're, what is it, complete authentication of, of the gear? What's that group? Is that the 501st? Yeah, 501st, yeah. Uh, it's Titan base, I think it is, of the Australian mob. And the guy running the table, was he'd done really well even with makeup. He, he looked a dead ringer for Wedge, I think it was. Had the full and, and, pilot outfit. That is a show. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Say goodbye, people, quickly. Now. See you Bye. Later. Long live Cassette. Thanks for having me. Bye. <laughs>